we just come to you, Father, and we are just grateful for um, just the, the partners in ministry that you provide and lead us to. And um, Lord, your heart to collaborate and to um, just saturate this area with the gospel and, and um, just people from all over different churches coming uh, to this camp. And, um, you know, I know that when they come, they're going to hear Jesus um, through their staff and through everyone else is there. And so we're just grateful for that. So we just pray, Father, over John this morning that you will fill him with your spirits um, and that he will speak forth uh, what you desire for him to speak. Uh, Lord, if there's anything that is in his message that you don't want him to speak, Father, may you um, just show that to him. Um, but Jesus, we are just grateful for this opportunity. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. to be with you this morning, church family. I got to meet uh, and uh, sit with some of you at, in the Sunday school hour, so uh, thank you for uh, that, the uh, encouragement that that was, um, uh, I know to my own heart. Um, uh, as Pastor Mike said, my name is John. Uh, you don't have to call me anything but that. Uh, I, uh, I've never been one for titles or anything like that, but I do serve as the executive director at Skyview Ranch uh, Christian Camp. Uh, we are um, way far away from uh, Faith Bible Church, uh, probably less than a mile uh, from, from here. So it was actually very nice uh, to wake up this morning. And uh, actually, if I'm being completely honest, I spent the first uh, couple hours in a tree stand with my oldest son. Uh, we, we, we were hunting this morning, and uh, um, at about 7.30, we had some movement, and I'm like looking at my watch, and I'm like, I got to get out of the tree stand about 8 o'clock. And so, jumped down out of the tree stand, uh, threw on my Sunday best, and um, headed over this way to, uh, to join uh, you. So, um, I appreciate the, uh, the short drive uh, that I got to enjoy uh, this morning. I greatly appreciate the opportunity uh, to uh, be with you this morning and, and not only open God's Word, but uh, share with you a little bit about uh, Skyview Ranch uh, here in Millersburg. Um, how many of you are familiar with the ranch by name, maybe at least? All right, so many of you. So I probably, I, I may not be telling you anything that you, you don't already know. Um, some of you even joined us uh, for the leadership meeting. How many of you were there for the leadership meeting a couple of, uh, that was probably about a month and a half ago. I don't know, everything kind of, uh, you know, this fall has been incredibly busy. We have, we have probably uh, around 200 people on camp every week all around, all the way around the year. So um, summer camping season is over, like uh, Pastor Mike said, um, but uh, we are well into guest groups. So churches and uh, ministries and organizations use our property year-round. And uh, so we have, I think uh, this weekend we had somewhere around 200 uh, campers uh, on camp this weekend, which was, uh, which was great. Uh, we, we want to make our facility um, uh, usable and uh, a place where churches and ministries can come and, uh, and connect. So uh, um, we are incredibly busy. Um, how many of you have uh, maybe went to Skyview Ranch? Okay. Uh, did you go there as a camper? Nice. What years? Okay. Very good. So, um, just before the fire. Okay. So, yeah, we're, uh, we just went to a, a national conference here recently. And, um, you know, every talking point with us and somebody else is always the fire and now the storm, you know. And, and I said, it'd be really nice to go somewhere one day where it's not some, you know, you know, cast a shadow on the ministry, but let me, let me tell you this, God is, God is working uh, in, in camping ministry still. Um, if you, if you, how many of you went to camp, maybe not at Skyview, but you went to camp in general in, in your teen years? So um, you probably made some significant life decisions at camp. Um, I know that was the case for me. Uh, my testimony uh, is that I grew up in a, a Christian home up in Elyria. My wife and I br- both grew up in Elyria, Ohio, um, at First Baptist Church uh, there. And uh, I was saved on the ministry of Pastor um, Quick as a, as a child. And uh, when I was in third grade, um, I was attending our missions conference, and we had a missionary from Brazil 
who was sent by our church to Brazil through Baptist Missions, and she was there um, teaching and leading us through this missions conference when I was in third grade, and I remember that Friday night, she just challenged us that the gospel work needs to go forth, who's going to go do it? And we sang the song, um, Here Am I, Lord, Send Me, you guys know the old tune? And, uh, and I remember on that Friday night sitting uh, in, in that service and dedicating my life to ministry, full-time ministry. The unique part of that story is that Jackie Hopkins, who was our missionary, actually dedicated her life to ministry at Skyview Ranch as a camper when she was a teenager. And then she returned and worked at Skyview Ranch over the years, um, uh, in her college years, and then she went to the mission field. And so um, my wife and I both went to camp at Skyview. Uh, We grew up going to retreats and different things like that. We were from a a supporting church. And so um, Skyview Ranch, camping ministry in general, had an impact in my life, just like it had in your life. And I want to tell you this morning that the camping ministry is still having a gospel impact in the lives of uh, young people in this community. And all across the country, really, I mean, we have most of our campers come from the state of Ohio, uh, but uh, we, we get campers from all over uh, uh, the country. So appreciate your support, uh, your prayer um, uh, in, uh, in the endeavor of the gospel ministry that we are trying to accomplish there at Skyview. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be in, uh, in churches over the last many months, getting to know our supporters. Uh, so I'm, I'm typically preaching um, at least a few times a month uh, in, uh, in different supporting churches, and so it's been a pleasure to get to know your pastor, and, uh, and thank you for the invitation. I know it's not easy giving up your pulpit, especially if you've never heard somebody speak before. You know, um, I kind of did the same uh, with Pastor Mike. Um, when I first met him, I, under, I, I, I very quickly could tell of his desire uh, for the gospel ministry, and so I invited him to speak at camp uh, this summer. He spoke at um, uh, week one Pioneer Camp, which we got through one service before the storm hit, and then we sent everyone home. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, my wife is here, my wife Amber. Um, we have four of our five children here this morning. Our oldest is not here, um, but our our children are Kaylee, Caden, Casey, Connor, and Clayton. All K's. I expect you to remember those names. Um, and, uh, and so, and then our oldest, oldest son, uh, is here as well, Kent, also a K. Um, he's not really my son, but he's almost like my son. Uh, I've known Kent since he was in sixth grade. Uh, him and I, um, have spent lots and lots of time together, grew up in our youth group, uh, went away to college, ended up coming back and living with, uh, our family for a little while. And so now he's on my staff here at Skyview. He's our farm and facilities director. And so he takes care of all things, you know, farming and maintenance. And if there's a problem, a leaky toilet, something like that, we're calling Kent, right? And uh, so great blessing to have him on our team. And then Sylvia Morang is here this morning. Sylvia is our equine director, so she takes care of our herd of horses. We have 20, 20 horses right now, I think, something like that, uh, on camp. And so she, it's a full-time job taking care of uh, uh, that uh, part of the ministry. And so she is here this morning as well. Um, uh, Skyview Ranch was established in, in 1969. Uh, we purchased the property, um, although we didn't change the name too much. Uh, it was Skyview Ranch Camp, I think, back then was, uh, was kind of the, always the name. Uh, we, are, we are officially Skyview Regular Baptist Ranch right now. Skyview Ranch Christian Camp uh, is, uh, is what we are uh, in current form. And uh, we are all about the gospel. Uh, so we want uh, everything that we do to be about Christ and, and the gospel of Christ. Uh, we all ultimately want to bring God glory through the work that we're doing there, through our programming and camping ministry. And uh, we, we really desire as a staff to be genuine uh, with our, within our relationships with each other, with our churches, with our campers. Uh, that's kind of, a, in a nutshell, what we are trying to accomplish at Skyview. Uh, this year we had uh, just over 800 campers uh, on site uh, and that's about seven weeks of camp. Um, we, uh, we enjoy um, a lot of different programs at Skyview Ranch. So we have junior camp and um, pioneer camp, you know, all these different camps for all these different ages. We also have a few uh, specialty camps. We have a scuba camp. 
uh, so kids can come. If they start scuba camp from in seventh grade, they can graduate as like master dive instructors by the time they're seniors. Uh, we do not do all the scuba diving at Skyview Ranch, although we have a pond and a pool that they do some instruction in. On Tuesday morning of camp, they actually leave. We partner with Columbus Scuba. There's a, a pastor out of Columbus uh, who is a master dive instructor with Columbus Scuba, and uh, they take them to Gilboa, uh, rock quarry, and they do all of their dive instru- instruction there. Uh, it's a really neat uh, opportunity. So we have we have scuba camp, uh, we have equine camp. So we invite uh, campers to come in and spend all week with uh, with our horses, and all they do is learn uh, learn horse instruction, right, and learning care and all of those sorts of things. Um, but all of our camps are again focused on the gospel, and so we spend a lot of time in the Word of God uh, at uh, Skyview Ranch. Um, I do have a table in the back if you care to, to take some information. If you know kids or um, even uh, churches or pastors that could, could uh, help partner with us in our ministry or send us campers or rent the facility, um, we, we, we need the support uh, in order to continue our ministry. I was telling somebody the other day, um, camping ministry in the 70s and 80s was kind of easy, especially in Holmes County. Um, you guys know as well as I do, you know, Holmes County doesn't have any building code, right? You can kind of just throw up a building wherever you want, whenever you want. We're actually trying to put up some structures at Skyview Ranch and maintain some structures at Skyview Ranch. Unfortunately, we do fall under building code because we're a commercial property. And so uh, we, we fall under an Ohio um, commercial code. And uh, it, I'm telling you, it is not easy running a nonprofit Christian camp in 2022. Uh, it is expensive. It is not cheap um, to to put up a building that maybe cost twenty thirty thousand dollars back in the day. It's you know closer to eighty to one hundred thousand dollars now, especially when you have to consider all of the different codes and all that sort of thing. So camping ministry is expensive, but it's worth it. I, I'm here to tell you it's worth it. I do have some information that you can take that might be interest uh, of interest to you. Uh, we do uh, run for our local community. We run horse trails uh, pretty much year round, with the exception of camping season. So June and July is off. Um, but if you guys, uh, if you know somebody, know kids, teens, adults, you guys want to just come out and, and, and take a ride on our property, uh, Sylvia does horse trails um, pretty much any, any day of the week. You just have to give us a heads up. Um, pretty, pretty affordable. We have, uh, we have 175 acres at Skyview Ranch, and so a lot of beautiful property, God's creation to enjoy. So got some information back there for that. Uh, for that. We also have a postcard uh, for ne- upcoming camp season. All of our registrations are open for camp season next year. Uh, what I will say is camp, uh, camp is expensive to run, but camp, camp has never been more affordable to get to. Um, we do not turn anyone away uh, to, to come to camp. So if you have a camper that wants to be there, we're going to make a way to, to, get, them, to get them there. Uh, matter of fact, the state of Ohio will pay for, for most students, um, depending on income of their family, for most students, the state of Ohio will pay for them to go to camp. And Skyview Ranch is an approved provider uh, through a program called Ace Ohio. And so we have dozens of campers come and the state pays for it. And so we'd love to tell you more about that uh, if, you, if you have questions. Um, as well as we offer scholarships uh, through our local churches as well that give uh, to make sure that no camper is turned away. Uh, and then we are hiring already for next summer season. So if you know anyone, uh, young people, uh, high school to college age, uh, late 20s even, who are uh, maybe have the summer free and they love the Lord and they love the, the gospel ministry and they want to be part of something, uh, we would love to plug them in at Skyview Ranch. And so I have some information back there for that as well. And then for all of you, uh, I, you know, not all of you can work there, not all of you are going to camp there, but for all of you, I'd love to invite you uh, to our benefit dinner and silent auction uh, in, on December 3rd. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a benefit dinner. Uh, would love to have each one of you be our guest. You do need to go online and RSVP on our website if you could, um, but I can get you more information on that. But uh, essentially, we're tearing down our old barn. We have an old barn on property that's been there for probably 200 years. And uh, we're taking the old barn, and we're creating some pretty amazing pieces out of that barn. So Kent is a carpenter by trade, and so he's made bookcases and uh, and all sorts of really neat stuff. And we got a lot of local um, uh, organizations also to donate some items. We have a, we have a Traeger uh, uh, smoker that we're going to be auctioning off and things like that. So if you're looking for cool Christmas presents for your husband or wife, you know, or your 
friends or family, come on out to the silent auction and uh, help us raise some funds for some of the, the projects that we have going at the camp. That's all I'm going to say. I know that was a lot. I told uh, Pastor Mike I'd be five minutes. I hope that was only five minutes, but um, I just wanted to, what's that? Sure. Okay. Uh, just wanted to let you know what's going on at the camp. There is so much more happening. I could go on all day about uh, camp ministry, but I'm not going to do that. That's not why we're here this morning. Um, I'm going to encourage you to open uh, God's Word to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Um, I, I love the book of James uh, for the practical nature of it. Um, how we are instructed as believers to live out our faith um, understand, with an understanding of the gospel in mind. Uh, James gives us so much practical advice on how we can live out our faith. I actually, um, this, this message, um, uh, I am, I've been kind of reintroduced to this passage because I'm actually helping uh, write a commentary on the book of James, and this happens to be part of my passage. And so I've been doing a lot of, a lot of study uh, over many months uh, in this passage of Scripture, and uh, I'm excited to, to be contributing to this commentary with some other pastors uh, in the area. So um, James chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 2 uh, through 4 this morning. Uh, I encourage you to follow along as I read. I'm going to be in the uh, New King James Version. I realize that some of you will be uh, in different versions. Verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy, or consider it all joy, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or steadfastness. But let that patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Have you ever um, used something, maybe a tool or an object, to accomplish something that that, that that tool or object was not intended to be used to accomplish the thing that you were doing? Um, Man, you are probably good at this. So if you're anything like me, your tools are always misplaced. Uh, I, know, I know Kent can relate to that. So, you know, there's, there's, we've got some specific places where we keep tools, but every once in a while there's a missing, you know, missing part, a p- missing tool. Uh, and so sometimes we have to improvise, do we not? And so if I need a hammer, uh, the reality is that sometimes pliers make just as good a hammer as hammer does. Now, it doesn't always accomplish the task as well, but sometimes we have to just get the job done. And so sometimes we use things to accomplish things, and that, that something that we're using isn't always used the way it ought to or was intended to be used. And uh, sometimes that's a reality when it comes to the trials that we face in our lives that God allows. There's some uh, pretty popular things that are used today uh, that weren't really uh, that aren't necessarily used uh, um, the way that they were intended originally. Um, text messages, for instance. Uh, you know, uh, we all use text messages. How many of you use text messages? Most of, you, most of us text more than we call nowadays. I got a, an award. My staff, my summer staff, gave me an award this year, and the award was, um, I think I got recogni- recognized for um, making a phone call when it could have been a text message. I, I don't like texting all that much. I do it a lot. But I would rather make a quick phone call and communicate with somebody and make sure that they heard me, make sure they understood me, make sure that it was, right? And so I got this award like, you, you should have just texted John instead of calling. But anyways, um, text messages, when they first came out, were, were originally um, meant to be a primary means of communication between uh, the cell phone companies and the, the, the uh, consumer, Right? And so when the cell phone service went down, the cell phone companies were actually going to send text messages to the consumer saying, hey, your service is down, sorry. But now they, they realized that it actually would be much better to use that as a communication between consumers instead of from them to us. I'm never, I don't know, last time I got a text message from my cell phone carrier, but I get them every day from, from other consumers. Um, how about Kleenex? 
You know, Kleenex was actually developed in the 1920s as a disposable towel uh, that, was, that was used by ladies to, to wipe off their makeup. Not to blow their nose, but just to wipe off their makeup, right? Um, so um, there, are, there are different products on the market today that maybe weren't intended to be used in certain ways, but now they're, they're used that way. Well, we want to look this morning at, at James chapter 1, where we were reminded that there is a purpose, a specific purpose, uh, for the trials that God allows in our lives. Um, perhaps you are here this morning, and uh, you have been facing some trials recently. I won't make you raise your hand, uh, but maybe on the way in, you got a phone call, and that phone call was devastating to you. I don't know. Um, maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, man, life's perfect. I got no issues at all. I would, I would venture to guess that's probably not the case. Uh, maybe uh, recently a loved one has passed away. And that, that can be devastating. Maybe financially you're going through some, some struggles. Um, maybe all your money's in the stock market recently. And you're looking at your statement like, okay, that's bad. Um, Maybe relationally, you're having troubles. You're having trouble with your spouse or a coworker or a family member. Perhaps this morning you're facing some sort of trials that are bring out, uh, bringing from, from within you out uh, attitudes of anger and pride and bitterness or self-righteousness. Uh, church family, I, I, don't, I don't know you all that well. I've only just met most of you. Um, And so I don't know the trials that you're facing. I don't know the difficulties that you're facing. Um, But I want to encourage you this morning with this, that there is a purpose to be found in the trials that you are facing right now and in the trials that you will will face, certainly will face, from from today until the day we die. And pass into eternity. So how do we find that purpose? What is that purpose? That's the question that we're going to ask this morning. James chapter 1, I'll remind you, uh, verse 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it or consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. I think there are a few principles and reminders that we can draw from this passage in relationship to the circumstances that you are facing that, uh, that you may see as trials or temptations. Um, we uh, need to, if you're taking notes, we need to, when we're facing a trial, first and foremost, change our perspective. I believe God is calling us to change our perspective on the trials that we're facing. You know, sometimes it's difficult when we're in the middle of a situation or a trial, it can be difficult to wrap our minds around exactly what is going on, what is happening. It is sometimes difficult to look at a situation or a circumstance and process it and understand exactly what's happening and and kind of take it for what it is. Um. I'll give you an example of this that happened recently at Skyview Ranch, and we've already mentioned it this morning, and that is the fire. Um, The fire actually happened in 2019, um, almost to the day. It happened two days ago in 2019. And so recently, uh, I'm friends with uh, some people on Facebook who were on staff at the time uh, who were part of that devastating loss. And so uh, I've only recently been reminded of the fact that they woke up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. that morning, and looked up the lane to the top of our property, and the entire thing is just in flames. This dining hall that was built, um, it was finished uh, uh, in, in the early 2000s under the leadership of uh, Bill Roloff. And uh, man, a lot of, lot of sweat and tears, and probably a lot of blood went into the building of that facility. God's people came together, gave lots of money, and put this beautiful building together, and now it's gone. Just in the matter of a few moments, it's all up in flames. And so they're looking up the, 
the, the lane and seeing the entire building uh, engulfed in flames, can you imagine what's running through their minds? Like, wow, this is great. I'm going to consider this joy, you know. Probably not. Matter of fact, one of the videos that I watched a couple of days ago was a young lady who was on staff at the time bawling her eyes out on video. What in the world is going on? God, why would you allow this to happen? And that's oftentimes the, the, the mindset that we have or the perspective that we have when we are facing trials. God, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? This, this, is, this is terrible. Uh, but, but in retrospect, looking back at the fire, I, I, I'm here to tell you this morning that God has provided. God does provide. God is faithful. And I will tell you, with confidence this morning that Skyview Ranch Christian Camp does not exist today in 2022 if that fire had not happened in 2019. I'm convinced of it. Because after the fire happened, uh, we obviously collected some insurance money and people from the community and around the country came together, God's people, to give, to, 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 to provide. And then what happened next after the fire in 2020? Do you guys remember? COVID happened right? Uh, The camp at the time was just short of a million dollars in debt before the fire happened. And uh, today we are almost debt-free because of that fire. And the reality is that now, as as we look at what happened, our perspective has changed, but in the moment, man, that's difficult to watch. And so we, we uh, uh, need to learn from even situations like that in this passage to change our perspective. Verse 2 says that we ought to count it or consider it all joy when we fall into or meet various trials. James is warning us here that we need to anticipate the adversity that is coming our way. We need to anticipate the adversity that's bound to happen. The reality is that, that, that we face uh, the reality that, that we face this side of eternity is that you and I will face all sorts of trials and troubling situations in our lives. I'm not just saying that. It's a guarantee. The, the word trials here means some, some uh, type of uh, affliction or some type of persecution. We all face these in our lives in one way or another at one time or another, and if we change our perspective, we take a step back, we anticipate what is ahead, we will be better able to endure it. We need to anticipate the adversity. James wants us to know that we will fall into temptations or trials. We will face circumstances that are beyond our control. But I want to remind you this morning that though those situations are beyond our control, they are not beyond God's control. Notice also here the idea that we will fall into, or the ESV says that we will meet trials of all kinds, or various trials. The idea here is of meeting or falling into gives us an understanding that though at times we face uh, trials of our own making, I make a dumb decision, I pay for that dumb decision with a consequence. Though, though we do face some trials in relationship to that, what James is reminding us of this morning is that we will face trials that we have absolutely no control over. It wasn't because of a bad decision that we made, although that happens. It wasn't because we, we, we weren't... Uh, 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 watching out for what was coming ahead. It's simply because in our lives, things happen to us that we have no control over. Imagine leaving this place. When you guys left home this morning, I don't know if it's like this in Holmes County, uh, but it was up in Lorain County. When you left this morning, did you lock your front door? I'll be honest with you. I probably shouldn't say this on live stream, but... um, we don't really lock anything at Skyview Ranch. So, you know, we probably didn't lock our front door this morning. Uh, but let's say I still lived in Lorraine County. 
You better believe I was locking my doors and shutting my windows and securing the house. Does that mean that, that I'm going to go home and everything's going to be there and everything's going to be perfect? Not necessarily. Sometimes things happen and people do things to us that are, are beyond our control. And this is the idea that James gives us here is that we're falling into trials. They, they attack us from without. And, and we are left on the defensive, if you will. Notice here uh, as well that James says that we will meet various kinds of trials. The word various here means multicolored. Trials of all kinds. No two trials are exactly the same for you or from you to the next guy. And so even though we may face uh, trials that are similar, we both lost a loved one, my trial of going through that circumstance or that situation of losing a loved one is not necessarily the same as what it is for you. They are diverse. No two trials exactly the same. And I think it's important to understand in relationship to our, our perspective because um, I, I want to point out that we are, when we are looking at others as, as they are facing difficulties and trials and circumstances, we really need to be extra cautious when it comes to how we interact with others going through troubling circumstances. We, as believers, as the body of Christ, we really need to be gracious with one another. Because the reality is that although you may have come here today and you're not necessarily facing a trial or a tribulation or a temptation or a circumstance that's beyond your control, somebody sitting next to you may be. And we have an opportunity as believers to comfort and to, to give grace and to relate to one another and help one another through those troubling times. We need to come alongside of uh, someone today who may be going through circumstances. The trials that we face are varied for us, this means that we ought to keep watch. We ought to be vigilant. We ought to have the proper perspective in order to be able, in order to be, to be able to identify some of those things. Ultimately, we need to do that to identify those things so that we can find purpose in it. So we can find purpose in it. When we anticipate adversity knowing that it is, it is bound to come. The road ahead is going to be difficult. I'm promise, I promise you that. I think that we can better respond to it appropriately. So let's change our perspective. Secondly, this morning, if you're taking notes, I want us to consider the idea that we need to alter our attitudes when we are facing trials. We need to alter our attitudes. Verse 2 encourages us to count it all Joy. This is a rather interesting imperative that James gives us here. Um, is James really saying that in the midst of trials, in the midst of my frustration, my pain, devastating loss, I'm really supposed to put a smile on my face and enjoy the ride? Is that really what James is saying here? When that storm hit, recently. Um, and the, one of the reasons I talk about the storm is um, I, my summer staff and my full-time staff, this is the passage that we started kind of dissecting and working through pre-summer. Because, you know, in, in summer camp ministry, man, it can be the highest of highs, but it can also be the lowest of lows. And so I was trying to encourage my, my staff, like, hey, we need to figure out how to count it joy, right? And then Tuesday morning, we woke up after the storm and we had 1,200 trees on the property down. We couldn't leave the property because we had 80, 83 trees from, from top, of the, top of the driveway to the road. We couldn't go anywhere. And, and, and man, it was really hard to find joy in that. At 1 a.m. after the storm was done, I told Kent, grab the chainsaws, here we go. You know, and and by, by Tuesday, 1 p.m., we had, we had cleared it enough that we could get campers home. Thank you, by the way, for allowing us to use your your property, your facility, 
uh, to reunite our campers with their parents. That was a that was that was a blessing to be able to not have parents try to make it up our lane to pick up their campers. That would have been devastating to them. So I appreciate your hospitality in that. But that was difficult. Um, I, I went to a funeral yesterday for a fellow camp director. We have a sister camp up on Kelly's Island um, called Camp Patmos. And the director's there, been there for about 10 years. And his wife in 2010, they actually worked at Skyview Ranch. And when they left Skyview Ranch to go to Camp Patmos, as they were leaving, the, leaving Skyview Ranch, she got a call from her doctor saying that she had breast cancer. Um, God, God gave her an additional 12 years after that diagnosis, but she passed away last month. And so we went to the funeral um, yesterday, and uh, my fellow camp director, Dave Sellers, um, man, you could just tell he's struggling. And who wouldn't? After losing a wife, uh, losing your wife, your ministry partner, um, to, uh, to that. Are, am I, are we really to believe that we should just put a smile on our face and, and be okay with these terrible circumstances that, that God is allowing in our lives? Imagine uh, if I as a pastor or a counselor uh, in trying to console somebody who has just lost their loved one. They call me and say, John, I just, I just lost my wife. And I take them to James chapter 1 and I go to verse 2 and I say, well, count it all joy, brother. That would be terrible. That would be, that would be wrong as a pastor or a counselor. And so, what then are we to believe about this passage? True joy that I think James is encouraging us to have here this morning is an outward expression of an inward attitude that is not dependent upon what is going on around me. And instead, that attitude of joy is based upon who I know God to be. Let me say that again. True joy that James is talking about here is is an outward expression of an inward attitude that is not dependent upon the trial I'm facing. But instead, um, is, is an attitude knowing who God is. That He is unchanging. That He is loving. That He is faithful. That He is gracious to us. All joy here simply means full joy, complete joy, unmixed, which is to be considered in the midst of trials But the trial itself, of course, is not the source of our joy. That would be utterly ridiculous. Count it all joy means to predetermine. That means I I decide today, this morning, I predetermine an internal attitude of joy in consideration of the outcome of the trials that I face tomorrow. True joy is not necessarily found in the particulars of the the painful circumstances that I'm going to face, but instead, it's found in resting in the knowledge that the trials that I'm facing are not outside of God's sovereign control. James is encouraging us as believers to adopt, once and for all, an attitude of joy, knowing that trials will come, but understanding that those trials have a purpose in our lives. We need to change our perspective. Um, We need to understand the process that God has us going through. We need to anticipate that adversity. Verse 3 gives us the reason and the potential results of these trials. James says that we know that the testing or trying of our faith produces what? Patience. Or, or steadfastness. James says, know this. Understand this. The reason you're going through what you're going through, as the Lord has allowed, is that your faith needs to be tested. Tested. 
we need to be reminded before we face trials that we can find joy in the process because we're being given an opportunity to prove our faith. Testing here, or trying, means to discover the nature of or quality of the object being tested. So, uh, like a fire refines, James reminds us that trials are used to refine our faith so that we might see where it is weak. Uh, where perhaps we thought it was strong. Some of you are much older, much wiser than I am. Your faith has been tested many, many times, probably more than mine. And uh, you may be sitting here this morning like, man, I have a pretty strong faith. And, and I'm not here to question that. But sometimes we have an idea that our faith is stronger than it actually is. And in, in good times... Our faith is strong, and we recognize that. But sometimes in, in the trial, we sometimes are surprised. How many of you have responded to a trial in a, let's say, an out-of-character way, right? So something happens, and you're, you, 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 you have an, an angry outburst, or... You shake your fist at the heavens and like, what in the world? Why would you do this to me, God? Kind of surprise yourself, right? We oftentimes think that our faith is stronger than maybe it is. It's important to note here that the, the, the testing or the trying of our faith is not a test that God is giving to us so that we might prove anything to Him. That is not why God is testing our faith. We are not being tested so that God might know where our faith is weak. Does God need to know where our faith is weak? He already knows. God, in His infinite love and mercy, is allowing for us to know and understand where our faith is weak. And if we can recognize where our, where our faith is weak, it will ultimately drive us to a dependency on Him. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. And so God in His graciousness, His love for us, is driving us to Himself even through the testing of our faith. When we come to, when we come to face uh, the struggles, the, 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 the frustrations of life, when we come face to face with the reality of our dependency on God, we are in a really good position to grow into His likeness when we're face-to-face with Him. Look also with me this morning at the results of our testing. Um, this is where we can find joy and satisfaction. Verse 3 says, Knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. How many of you need more patience? Highly recommend not praying for it, right? <laughs> That's always how it works. And I, I, I'm afraid to say this, but I, it, 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 I, it's a struggle for me when I preach this passage because I did it in the spring with my summer staff and then the storm hit, right? And so I'm like, all right, Lord, what's coming next? Because I need this reminder. You and I need more patience. We need more steadfastness. When, when we know that the trials we face today have an intended purpose, our faith is being tested ultimately to produce this patience, this steadfastness. One commentator said this in regards to us patiently enduring. He says that patience must not be uh, one inch shorter than the affliction that we face. That we face. If a bridge reached but only halfway over the brook, we will have ill-fated passage. It is the devil's desire to set us up to hurry. A lot of times our perspective is we just want to get through this thing. There's trials, there's tribulations, there's frustrations. We're like, God, get this thing. Get us, get us through it. Get us over it. I, I just want to be done with this. But you catch that there in, that, in that, that, what that author said about a bridge only going halfway? 
And Satan would have us to just hurry through it and not stop and, 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 and look around and understand exactly what God is wanting from us and for us. The term used here in the Greek literally means steady under pressure. That's the idea of patience. Steady under pressure. If we face adversity, times of trial, times of pain or loss or difficulty, and we endure it, we endure it to the end, keeping our eyes on Jesus, we are told here that our faith, instead of being shaken, it will be strengthened. And we will better be able to face trials the next time, and the next time, and the next time. Well, we've looked at uh, changing our perspective. We've looked at the process of our faith being tested. I want to encourage you this morning, as we face trials, ultimately, we need to remain through the pain that we're experiencing. Sometimes pain is a good thing, right? Uh, pain, when I, when I touch a stove and my brain finally catches up with my fingertips and says, stop, st- stop touching that, it's because that pain is telling me something. Similarly, when we face trials, um, we want to recognize what the profitability in that trial can be. Our normal human response to adversity is often one of two things. If, you, if you've ever read the book, The Peacemaker, you would, you would know these. Um, if you haven't read The Peacemaker and you need a really good read, I would highly recommend it. But when we face adversity or confrontation or um, any sort of uncomfortableness in our lives, we have one of two human responses. We either fight, ready to go, or we do what? We flee. We run away. Those are typically the two extremes of our human responses. I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, um, when I'm faced with, a, with, a, with, with trouble, with difficulty, with confrontation, I, I tend to fight back. I get angry and upset. I become bitter at times. And, um, and that's, not, that's not necessarily right. When there are issues that need to be fixed, I'm going to, to, to fight to the death to fix them. Rather than, at times, understand that God is doing a work He is working. He is allowing and accomplishing something. And so sometimes instead of just putting them up or running away immediately, sometimes we need to wait. In verse 4, James says, Let this patience or steadfast faith, let the work being accomplished in and through this testing, let it be completed. Listen, if, if, if you start into a trial and you run away too soon, you're missing out. You're missing out. The steadfastness of our faith isn't actually the, the completed and final work that needs to be done. James says here that to let steadfastness have its full effect. Um, it's a rather unfortunate rendering, I believe, Um, for him to say, let this have its perfect work. Um, We we get the idea in our common language here in English that we are giving permission. We are letting it have its perfect work. We're giving permission. Instead, I think it's important to point out here that James is actually letting us know that, that, that we are to allow the work that has been started to be completed, not by giving it permission, but instead by sometimes getting out of the way. Stepping to the side and saying, okay, God, I don't know exactly what you're doing here, but I'm going to trust that you're going to complete a work uh, through the trials I'm facing. So God, as God, is allowing you to face the trials that you're facing today 
you may you may almost you may may be at the end of it but you won't know until you're there and so wait wait be patient wait on the lord let it have its full effect let it run its course let god do the work stop trying to fix it yourself stop trying to understand every uh, aspect and facet of what's going on I realize this can be difficult. Waiting on God can be difficult. If you're struggling today and you're hearing my voice and I'm saying, wait, you're like, I don't want to wait. I want to figure this out because I want to be done with this. Um, you may not have an end in sight. Maybe you're struggling with health and, and it, there's no end in sight. I want to encourage you this morning to wait, be yielded, perhaps broken before God in the days of our deepest pain and despair, um, He is working. He has not forgotten. He has not left you alone. Um, He cares. He is loving and long-suffering. What God intends to do through the trials that you and I face is to bring us into His image to make us like Himself, to sanctify us. Let's allow the perfect work to be completed so that we can be perfect. Not that we're perfect. But the, but the idea here, here is that we're lacking nothing spiritually. That all that we need can be found in Him. We want to be complete. Our lives changed. Our faith living. That's ultimately what James is writing about here in the book of James is, is your faith real? If your faith is real, these are the things that you're going to see worked out in your life. That's what the whole book of James is about. And so I would encourage you that he starts with probably the most uh, difficult aspect of that in that he says, if your faith is real you're going to be able to endure through these trials. I want to leave you with this, and then I'll invite whoever's going to close us in prayer. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures the trial, for when he has been approved, he shall receive the crown of life. This side of eternity, we may not know. This side of eternity, we may not understand. This side of eternity, we may not have the answers. But ultimately, if we endure as believers, you and I will one day, I trust, hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, and receive this crown of life that is promised for those of us that endure to the end.